Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the XC60 recording studio. That's right, back in the car next to the kids' car seats, smooshed in the back. And uh, why am I doing that? I tell you what, there's something about the car, something about the freedom of the car. My wife, my wife, God bless her cotton socks. That's what uh, people back home, the Newfies, say where I'm from. Anyway, at least that's what my family said. I shouldn't lump all Newfies into uh, what my family did because, you know, we're not perfectly sane people. But we uh, it was a phrase I used to hear all the time, God bless her cotton socks. Then my wife, she's going to bed, and I say to her, listen, if you need me, because often people need me in the middle of the night. It's 10, it's 10 p.m. here in Toronto, and uh, oh, i got to unbutton my pants here. In the, oh, this is probably getting weird if anybody's walking past the car. There's a man in the back seat of his car unbuttoning his pants. Guys, it's not it's it's nothing nefarious. I'm just fat. I'm just COVID fat. Gotta unbutton my jean C's. Normally I wear a pair of jeans that kind of fits me. Like it's and it only fits me because they're super stretchy. They're from that American Eagle. And it's like a 360 degree extra extra flex jeans. And then I also think the elastic has been let go in those jeans. And uh, I got the burps. Hang on. Sorry about that. I hope you didn't hear that burp. I moved the microphone away out of politeness. Uh, just I just had a beer watching one of the Pittsburgh hockey games there. But anyway, I got the extra, extra flex in the jeans, and uh, they fit nice. I like them. But then they got dirty today. I got them full of COVID when I went to the beer store to get more of my delicious Sam Adams beer which I'm still burping up. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, just one second. I'm going to move the mic again. All right, you probably did hear that one, and I apologize mightily for it. I mean, I moved the mic as far away as I could, but the point is I I uh, had the jeans on in the beer store, and uh, Doug Funk, hilarious comedian that uh, I've worked with numerous times, He's uh, an older gentleman, but uh, he's uh, when so when I was a, I only say that because when I was a young buck, he was always the headliner. So I'd go out and do shows with that guy, and I'd be like the middle of the host, and he would just tear it up at the end. And that's uh, so I always see him as an older comedian, even though we're not that it's not that different in terms of years. You know, I'm in my forties now, forty three years old. Doug Funk is probably what is he? Probably fifty five. Anyway, hilarious guy, um, and then. Uh, he, he, he used to have this joke about how he loved how direct because he was from Alberta. And he said, and I, he said, you come to Ontario and everything is so very direct. Hey, hey, uh, do you guys know where I can buy some beer? Oh, yeah. Beer store. And just <laughs> which always made me chuckle every time I see the beer store, because that's what it's called here. If, if you're not from Ontario or you don't know what I'm talking about, I live in Ontario, Canada, where the um, the liquor is is government the government oversees our, our booze. I have no idea why, but but they do. So they have the LCBO, which is the Liquor Board Care of Ontario. I don't know what what that actually stands for. That's that's kind of crazy. What does that stand for? The Liquor Board Certified in Ontario. Anyway, somebody uh, write in. 
Tell me what that means. Or I'll look it up on Google, which I probably won't do. Anyway, that there's this liquor board. So we have LCBOs, which sells beer and liquor in the liquor stores. And then uh, we also have something called the beer store, which, of course, has beer. And uh, I love the beer stores. They often have the conveyor belts, and then just you just go in, and they just shoot some beer out at you. But the one I have close to my house, uh, you actually just go in, pick up the beer physically, and walk out with it. I mean, you you, you should pay for it, which I do, uh, and then you can just you just walk out with it. What the hell was I talking about? <laughs> I started started going on with my pants and being fat. All right, and COVID, so uh, I went to our government-sanctioned beer store, and I got myself some Sam Adams, and then I brought it in. But the thing is, you know, now you're, that's, I don't go anywhere. So when I come home, it's still very hazmat suity, you know? Like, I just, I take everything off, and I throw it in the washing machine, because why not, right? If this is the only chance you have of getting the old COVID, then uh, why why take that extra chance? Just, Just strip down in the porch, throw it in the old washing machine, but then I'm forced to look for another pair of jeans uh, that that doesn't fit so well. You know, I got these ones. They're slim fit, skinny leg jeans. And I know they're out of style, but I don't buy things anymore. I'm an old man. So I try to put these things on and oh boy, oh boy, are they uncomfortable. Um, my, my wife said to me at the same time, she said, your jeans are riding too low, but they're also too short. How is that possible? You know, and I, I, I have shrunk over the years. I'm not as tall as I used to be when I purchased these jeans a few years ago. So the question is, how are they riding low to show some nice butt crack? And then at the same time, they look like floods. They're just uh, giving away some of that old ankle sultriness. How, how is that possible? The answer, friends, is fatness. If you get fat enough and you're, you're, your legs start stretching your jeans out. You know, it's just, they're, they're taking all the mass away. Like a gravitational pull, they are yanking the jeans up and down at the same time. So when you sit in the back of your XC60 next to your kid's car seat, very uncomfortably, you're going to have to unbutton those pants. If you want to, uh, I just looked at my recorder. I was thinking maybe I wasn't recording this thing. But you're going to have to unbutton the pants if you're, if you're going to sit down and not cut off all of the blood to your fat legs. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, the wife, God bless her cotton socks, she says to me uh, when I tell her, look, if you're going to bed, if you need me, going to be in the car doing a podcast and she responded she said you have a goddamn house you know that right why don't you just go down in the basement and and record it and i I just the thing is there's something about it something about the car the freedom it's just it's where i'm used to doing the podcast but i think it's more than that i think there's something about the stand-up comic that's the car is a big fucking part of it. Sorry, not supposed to be swearing. Too fucking light. So I, the car is a big part of it. You're, you you got to get in this car and drive to your gig. You, usually you're driving at least an hour to whatever gig you're going to. Very rarely are you going to the comedy club 
in your city in terms of like a paid gig. Now, I mean, I could barely remember what it was like because I haven't done any any gigs since the they shut us down last March, March of 2020. I think the, my last gig was in February of 2020. And um, I don't know. It's kind of nice at the same time to relax, not worry about it. But what I'm starting to worry about now is now that like I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, how in Lord Jesus Christ's name, how am I going? <laughs> I'm doing a lot of God references here for an atheist. Uh, how am I going to um, get back on the old horse? What am I going to say? You know what my biggest fear is when I go back to stand-up comedy is that nobody will be able to talk about anything else other than COVID. And see, here's a, it's a tricky thing. It's like when Trump was president. It's just, you know, every comic who got up there, they were like, ah, I sort of got to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it because it's just at some point you're sick. of You're sick of it yourself. You're a comedian. You're in the club. You're watching guy after guy go up with Trump this Trump that. And you're like, ah, fuck, I don't want I just can we just get away from that for a moment? You know, and I, I feel like this is going to be that to the 10th degree. You know, it's going to be everybody is going to be doing their covid jokes and I just don't want to do it. But here's the problem. You say, well, Mark, that's gr- that sounds great. It'll be refreshing not to have somebody up there talking about COVID. The audience will appreciate that, I'm sure. But it, there's the problem is it's the elephant in the room. You know, it's like if you have a really disruptive sound in the comedy club or, uh, or there's a heckler or like if you just pretend it's not there, it... it it's very awkward. You must address the thing that everybody is thinking about. Like, let's say you go up on stage, you know, and uh, you're bleeding from the nose. All right. I don't know why you're up on stage bleeding from the nose, but you better address it. You better let people know why your nose is all full of blood because they'll be looking at it, no matter what kind of jokes you're saying. You could be telling the funniest jokes in the world. They'll be like, does that man know his nose is bleeding? Is he aware of that? Like, I remember there was this kid uh, trying to do a, uh, he was doing a comedy competition, but he had had to, he had to have emergency dental surgery the night before, but he didn't want to lose his spot in the competition, so he went up, and his mouth was just swollen like 10 times. He looked like some kind of uh, nuclear disaster fish. You know, where, where he had these mutant lips. So he had he had to talk about it. And that wasn't the routine he had intended on talking about. You know, it, it wasn't the jokes he had planned on doing for this competition because obviously the emergency surgery had happened the night before. But he was smart enough to know, I, I got to talk about my giant fish lips, you know? Otherwise... People are going to be very distracted the entire time. He didn't do great. He didn't do great. Uh, it's a bit of a shame, but but that happens, man. So that's my point is you can't go up there, you know, week one, week two, whatever, and just get up. Hey, guys, what's the deal with airplane food? Am I right? Like you just you got to be like, hey, guys, remember airplanes? Does anyone get COVID? COVID we, yeah. It's going to have to be addressed. So my, I don't know, the way I, I think I'm going to do it 
is uh, I just, just, you know, a couple of throwaways. Oh, my God. Isn't it great to be out? Or do you know one of the things I missed during COVID? You know, stuff like that, as opposed to when I was COVID and the lockdowns and the boo-doo-boo-doo and the vaccines. Oh, my God, guys, the vaccines. Am I right? Side effects? Anybody? AstraZeneca? I tell you what. Oh, we're, we're on it now. We're on it now. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. I don't plan on it to be very long because I want to go in and have another uh, what gut-inducing Sam Adams. It's just it's a dangerous thing when I go to the beer store because that night I come home and I feel like because you know we, we we got COVID times. So I go I don't buy a beer or two. I buy a couple of cases. You know I bought all the Sam Adams they had. I do it every time. Um, the workers they, they know they're like here comes Sam Adams guy. It's just, it's a good beer. It's not quite as harsh as an IPA. It's not quite as battery acid as an IPA, but it's much, much stronger tasting than like a regular lager, like say a Heineken, something like that, right? And um, so any hoozles, I bought all the Sam Adams and I go home and then I see them in in their gorgeous blue can, you know, and I'm like, ah, I, I can have an infinite number of these tonight. Now, of course, I never do. I never have more than three. Because if I have more than three, I get sick as a dog. I'm old, and I can't handle it. Plus, you think these these goddamn kids give a shit that you're hungover? Do you think they care about that? Oh, my God, if anything, it seems to egg them on. They'll wake up 15 times in the night if you've gone to bed with a bit of a buzz. They won't let you have it, and they'll wake up nice and early. Got to give you a good old 5 a.m. kick in the arse. And then all day long, they will be a menace. And then you'll think to yourself, you'll think to yourself, you know what, guys? I need a bit of the bit of the, the, the hair of the dog that bit you. Maybe I, if I know I'll feel better if I have a beer. As much as I feel kind of sick, I don't really want one. But if I have a beer... I'm going to feel a whole lot better. But I'll tell you something you can't do as a 43-year-old father to two children under the age of five. You can't crack a beer at 10 a.m. because you're hungover. You just can't do it. So what you do is you deal with this hangover that you got, mind you, from maybe three and a half beers. Not because you were boozing all night long, but because you're old and, you know, and you're eating terribly, and you don't move, because who moves these days with the COVID? You just stay home, making your pants ride up and ride down at the same time. So anyway, what was I talking about before before I got on to the Sam Adams and and the drunkenness? Uh, I was talking about the, oh yeah, the COVID, and uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I think it'll be okay. I I mean that's I think that's what you got to do. You got to go up when you're on stage, address just elephant in the room. Hey guys, isn't it great to be back? Oh my god, I can't believe we're out now. Uh blah blah blah. And if if jokes have come up that are original, go ahead, you know, but I I don't want to harp on it. You know, it's just uh, I I think I've had enough. I've had enough of this COVID life and uh more uh, more delicious Sam Adams burps 
right there. I've had enough of it, but uh, I do. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I I got the uh, the vaccine. The um, I got the Pfizer, and and my wife also got the Pfizer. That's right. Longtime listeners of the podcast, you guys know that it's been a struggle for my wife, who has twenty percent lung capacity and has been in the hospital several times from respiratory conditions. You know. It's been difficult for her to get a goddamn vaccine. But finally, she was able to get one. We basically, we, we, we had her appointment booked as a high-risk category. She had a doctor's note from, you know, basic, uh, which was supported by basically the leading asthma specialist in Canada, the guy she sees here at Mount Sinai. He, she phoned him because I made her. I said, you have to phone your specialist and ask him what he thinks. And she was like, I don't want to bother him. And I said, you fucking phone that guy. Phone him. This is your life we're talking about here. And more importantly, it's my life. You're going to, if you die, you leave me with these two children. So you better fucking call that doctor. So she did. And guess what he said? He said, your husband is fucking right. I mean, he didn't say those words, but that's what I heard. Because what he said was, of all my patients... You have a ridiculously legitimate case of needing to get this vaccine as soon as possible. So he asked her her GP, who he knows, um, he said, he's an excellent writer. Tell him to write the note on my behalf. So, so she basically, she has two doctors writing a note together saying this woman needs a vaccine. She's a, an extremely high risk case. Please give her the vaccine. So she goes out there and uh, the cutoff age is now 45 in Toronto. So at the hospital. So anybody can sign up for a vaccine and an appointment. If you're 45 years and older with doesn't matter your health conditions, any of them. So she so here my, my wife, she goes, she's 38 years old, not 45. She's 38. So she's 38 years old. She goes in there with 20% lung capacity, multiple hospitalizations for respiratory illness, a doctor's note from one of the leading specialists in Canada for respiratory illness, asking her, asking the people there to give her a vaccine. And you know what the woman screening her says? She says, well, technically, you don't qualify. But I'm going to let you in anyway. And, and here's the thing. Maybe that's what she needed to say to feel like a hero. And you know what? The bottom line is she did let my wife in, so props to her. Good for you. But you're telling me a healthy 45-year-old man in line behind Sarah walks in and gets his vaccine, no problem, but a 38-year-old on death's door with doctors pleading with you. She doesn't qualify. It's just. And the thing is, like the doctors were telling Sarah, the screener, it's not necessarily their fault. The one who's saying yes or no to your vaccine, it's not really their fault because if they do something they're not supposed to, just, uh, the you know, uh, the hammer comes down on them. So they're trying to just do protocol. And we're like, yeah, 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 we get it. But still, use some common sense. And to this lady's credit, she used some common sense. 
Now, what she should have said, in my opinion, is, listen, technically you don't qualify, but that is fucking goddamn fucking ridiculous. So I'm going to let you through. But instead, you know, she gave herself a little pat on the back. Whatever. Whatever you need to do, lady, to get yourself through the day, to go home feeling like you're the savior. But what? Whatever. We we benefit because my wife got the vaccine. I got the vaccine. Now, since then, they have opened up the vaccines to, I think, everybody in Toronto right now, over 18. And... um. So now you just get to sign up. But there's, of course, there's a huge waiting list because there's hundreds of thousands, millions of people trying to get the vaccine. And uh, and then and then on top of it, they just stopped giving out the old AZ. AstraZeneca is now too dangerous to give in, according to Alberta. That's a province we have here in Canada for my international listeners, for you people in uh, Saigon. You know, or Ho Chi Minh, whichever, whichever you prefer. I don't want to offend you. But you, for those people, my Vietnamese listeners, there's a place in, in Canada called Alberta. It's one of our provinces. They decided not to uh, administer the AstraZeneca vaccine, even though they are having quite a problem with the old COVID. And uh, now Ontario, my the province I live in, has decided not to administer the AstraZeneca. And I tell you, that's a bit of a kick in the teeth because, uh, you know, they were saying it was safe. And um, a lot of people were pushing back saying, are you saying it was safe because Canada doesn't have a lot of vaccines right now and you just want us to get vaccinated? So you're going to give us the one that the United States doesn't want because the United States, they they didn't administer it. They they took it under evaluation. And they never took it off evaluation. They're like, you know what, guys? We're not giving this to our people. We'll give you the AstraZeneca Canada. What do you think of that? And we're like, yes, sir. Thank, Please and thank you. Why? Because we didn't have enough of the other vaccines that we were promised. We were promised a lot of the old mRNAs, promised a lot of the Pfizer's and the Moderna's. And uh, we were having some trouble with the old supply line. So we started turning to the AstraZeneca. At least it's just the narrative changed. All of a sudden it talked about the millennials, you know, and the Generation X's and there were warriors and there were people. No, the millennials, they, they don't qualify with the Gen X's, right? Because they, they were the people over 40. And everybody was like, ah, and all these Twitter threads started coming out magically about how Gen Xers, we don't care. We were in the back seats of our cars with our parents smoking with the windows up. We didn't have seatbelts. We don't give a shit. We're Gen X, motherfuckers. There was all there was this whole rah rah. We are and people really, it just happened so fast that a fucking a goddamn marketer did it. There's no and a good one. I'm not disparaging that marketer. They did a fantastic job of of making a whole generation go, yeah, that's right. I'm running to the drugstore. Give me six of them. Put them in my eyeballs. I need all those vaccines. And now that supply has loosened up, there is, uh, we're getting a lot of the Pfizer's now, a lot of the Moderna's. All of a sudden, <laughs> there are more reports uh, that, uh, oh, you know what? The AstraZeneca is more dangerous than we thought. We we were willing to accept the one in 100,000 people who got blood clots. First of all, okay, you were willing to accept that. Did you ask me? No, you did not. 
but they were willing to accept that. But now that it seems to be two in 100,000, all of a sudden, I don't know, man. It just, do you know what I mean? This is, look, I'm all for science. I love science, and I'm a huge proponent of vaccines. It is, it is one, it's the single greatest medical achievement of our time. If you don't believe me, look it up. Vaccines are the single greatest medical achievement of our, we would all be fucking dead if it wasn't for vaccines. The world would not exist. So I, I'm a big fan of them. But you can see how some people would be skeptical when the government does a bunch of shit like this. AZ comes out. It looks like it might be dangerous. No, no, please. Trust me. It's not. We desperately need you guys to take it. And then they all take it. And then when you don't need to administer the quote unquote dangerous vaccine, all of a sudden uh, we'll let you know that. By the way, if you can wait for a Pfizer or Moderna, you should because and the thing is, myself and my wife, we were reading between the lines because that's what I do. I'm a student of the human condition and uh, I have a blood clotting disorder to go along with my dusty bones because I am the I'm just a pillar of human health. And since I have a blood clotting disorder. When they said the AstraZeneca causes blood clots, it gave me pause. But then when they said the benefits outweigh the risks, what I said was, sure, for society in general, and I absolutely agree with you. And if there was one vaccine, and it was the AstraZeneca, I believe we all should go take it. But here I am. Literally the only place I've gone in four weeks is one to get my vaccine and the other one was to go to the beer store, which I wouldn't have probably gone to had I not had my vaccine almost three weeks ago. So I go nowhere. I don't have to go anywhere. Nobody wants me in any particular location. That's been the case my whole life. Nobody's needed me to be anywhere at any specific time for as long as I can remember. So I have the luxury as some people would like to call it, of staying home with my two crazy children. I have the luxury to do so. And I can do it um, for an unlimited period of time. I've done it since March of last year, and there's no reason to think that I can't do it for another five years. No reason at all. So when you say to me, the benefits outweigh the risks, correct, in terms of, I would rather get the AstraZeneca vaccine than get COVID. Absolutely. Now, am I going to catch COVID from my barbecue in my backyard? Because that's about the only thing I see outside of my door is my own barbecue in my backyard. So since, if you were to tell me, well, look, you can take this AstraZeneca. It may give you a blood clot that will kill you or you could stay home like you've been doing for another three weeks and then we'll give you the one that won't kill you i would say i'll take that three-week vacation thank you very much this is just to me that was common sense so now lo and behold i ended up getting my appointment for the pfizer vaccine before i had an appointment for my astrazeneca so i just went out and got 
as 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 the doctors wanted not not the doctors the politicians as the politicians were telling you get the first one you can so i did i got the first one i could and luckily it was the non side effect one so i got that one and once again if there was only one vaccine then we all go take it and we all take the goddamn risk and like right now in india where things are just fucking terrible. Everybody, take every vaccine you can. In fact, I would encourage our governments to ship the AstraZeneca over there because if we're not going to take them, why are they just sitting here? Send them over to where some people need them. And that's why, like, in, in desperate times, you just, you have to take some risks. And even here, like, let's say I had to go to work every day and I couldn't get the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, but I knew I was going to have to be out interacting with the public, then you take the AstraZeneca because then the benefits outweigh the risks. You know what I mean? But for me, when I took my Pfizer shot, I then just continued to stay at home, socially distancing from every other human being besides the three people I live with. That is it. And they don't go anywhere. I mean, the five-year-old and the two-year-old, they, they've got no business leaving the house. Where are they going? Well, they got they got to hang out at a, at a pool hall. They got nowhere to go. And my wife works from home now. So that's it. We all stay home. Nobody goes anywhere. So we literally are those people where the risks of the AstraZeneca outweighed the benefits of waiting two to three weeks, which we didn't have to do. Because we both had appointments. Anyway, all I'm saying is that I could sit here and tell you, you know, take the high road. No, no, wait, take the low road and pretend that um, the only reason I didn't take the AstraZeneca is because I got the Pfizer first. That technically is the reason. But I did have those thoughts back then. I, w- I was texting one of my doctor friends and I was saying to him, hey, man. You know, uh, I have a Pfizer appointment, but I have to go to a giant hockey rink where there are hundreds of people, and uh, I don't really want to be around that many people. I could just walk to the drugstore and get the, get the AstraZeneca vaccine. And he said to me, well, look, you already have the appointment for the Pfizer. You have a blood clotting disorder. Why don't you just go out and get the Pfizer? And that to me was like, you know what, man? Fair enough. Like, you know, I I basically, I almost canceled my Pfizer vaccine out of, like, sort of a guilt. Like, hey, maybe if I qualify for the AstraZeneca, I should cancel my appointment and then go to uh, the drugstore and and get the other one. But my doctor friend was telling me, look, that's, that's a little bit foolish. You know, there's, there's, there's a, the vaccine pipeline's gonna open up. There's a lot of vaccines coming. Uh, go get, you, you have an appointment booked, you qualify for one, you live in a hot spot, go get, go get the other one, you know? And, uh, it's, it's, it's the first one that was offered to you. And for you, he was saying specifically with a blood clotting disorder, plus your metabolic bone condition, fucking go get it. So I did. But the thing is, what really, you know, when I really am honest I was worried about that AstraZeneca. Like, I knew the chances are really low because, well, we know the chances, basically about two in 100,000. 
So if you were playing a lottery and you were to say you have a two in a 100,000 chance to win, you would like, I'm not winning this fucking thing. But when it comes to something bad, you think, oh, Jesus, what if I get what if I get the bad one? You know, so. I had my reservations about it, especially like the way it happened. All of a sudden it was the Gen X rah, rah, rah. At a time when Canada wasn't equipped to give people the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. There was just not enough to go around for everybody. All the drugstores, they started popping up. Anyway, still talking to my doctor friends. I have several doctor friends. I'm, I'm an educated man, so I have educated friends. You know? You guys think I slum it? You think, you think all I know are drug dealers? No. I know doctors and lawyers. I'm married to a lawyer. You know? That's what gives me the luxury to be able to stay home for well over a year. Not worry about it. Anyway, what was I talking about? The doctors. Yeah, so the doctors, they still say, look, any vaccine, any vaccine is better than no vaccine. And the chances are still extraordinarily slim that something bad is going to happen to you. But it is clear, and this is not from the doctors, this is Mark, Mark talking now. Although a lot of people mistake me for a doctor. It is clear from what's going on that um, the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson, it's not, right now, the evidence is there's some side effects from those vaccines that are potentially fatal, and those side effects are not present currently with what we know with the mRNA ones, the Pfizer and the Moderna. So I don't know, man. This is, here's here's what my advice would be for the world, because you all want to know what I think, right? My advice is, if you have to go out in the world, you need to go to work, or you need to interact with people who interact with society, if everyone in your household is not staying home all day, every day, ordering in their groceries, washing and disinfecting their groceries. We do that. We still do that. We've done that since February of 2020, and we are still doing it. We wash our packages. We wash our groceries. I swear to Christ. If you are not staying at home, seeing no people, not washing your groceries, then I would say you get any vaccine you can find. You find one on the ground, pick it up, lick it. Take any vaccine you can if you're going to be going out in society because, as the doctors are saying, it is dangerous to pick up this COVID. Anybody of any age can die. Yes, older people die more, but it's still younger people. Like Basically, you know, there's a lot of people between the ages of 20, 20 and up, even sometimes younger than 20, it's not going great. There's and, and the comp, the chances of severe, like life ending blood clots, it's like quadruples when you have COVID. So once again, my advice, which you all need to hear is, and, and of course this comes after I got, <laughs> I got the Pfizer, the preferred one. 
But it's just, this is what I would do. Well, look, this is what I would do. This is this is what happened to me. But let's say I had my time back. Let's say I didn't have a vaccine. This is what I would do right now. And I'm going to tell you honestly. And again, I'm a pro-vaccine type person, pro-science. But I will tell you honestly what I would do given the current information. And that is, if I wasn't scheduled for a Pfizer or a Moderna, an mRNA vaccine, I would uh, hang out at home until I got one of those vaccines. That's what I would do, just because I honestly don't see another human being. So since I now, if I live lived in a country where there's just uh, the, the, the place was falling apart, like India right now, Jesus Christ, those poor bastards, you know, just everybody, the more people who get vaccinated there, the better. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The government, they said they're willing to accept some risks. And sure. And and to be fair, a lot of the government officials, I think old JT, old Justin Trudeau, he got the old AstraZeneca right up the old poop chute, didn't he? And uh, Doug Ford, all these people, they put their money where their mouth is. They got the vaccine that now, now they're saying is not safe enough for their citizens. But good on them for leaders of the country and leaders of provinces. They went and they got the they got the old vaccine, the AstraZeneca. I don't know how the booster works. For you people out there who who got the AZ, you know, if they're not letting you get AZ anymore, what, how does that work with the booster? Says is I mean the mRNA is a whole different mechanism than the than the uh, AstraZeneca and the the Johnson and Johnson. So how does that work? I, I, I don't know. Again, I lucked out because the Pfizer, it looks like it's going to be the booster for most of Canada. It's going to be the Pfizer. That's the one I already had. You know what else I wonder? I wonder sometimes if we don't, if we need the second dose. Because from what I'm reading, so right away you get like a 52% effectiveness. Efficacy. That's a word they like throwing around. 52% efficacy right now. When you take the vaccine right away. So. After a week that goes up. After two weeks it goes up even more. And apparently after three weeks. A lot of Moderna said it's 92% effective. And there's been another study that said that Pfizer is also 92% effective. After three weeks. But then you're supposed to get the booster. Which. So in Canada. Because we don't have enough. They have moved our. Um booster shot four months from our first shot which sounds like it's way too much even pfizer was like yeah don't don't do that and canada's like ah we're gonna do it and pfizer's like well we we recommend you get it three weeks after and canada's like ah go fuck yourself we're getting it we're, we're just gonna stretch it out for four months but here's the thing pfizer and moderna they didn't do any studies of what if we just gave people one dose and who gives a shit as far as I can tell, I've been looking it up. I've been trying to find it. I have not yet been able to find if they just give people one dose and then just see how it goes. But if you if you get an increased immunity as time goes by, so it's up to 92% after three weeks. And then if when you get the booster, that goes to 95%. 92% to 95%, that seems like not enough of a bump to go get a whole other vaccine, right? Now, maybe it wears off. 
which to me is alarming. That's a that's a if it wears off and you don't get the booster, you know, now that people, the, the doctors, they know a lot more about vaccines than I do. So if they say you need a booster, then then you probably do. But with 92 percent effectiveness, depending on how long that lasts, that's that's plenty good for me, you know. Plenty good for me. And and as far as I know, from all the literature I've read, including stuff that my doctor friends have sent me on the emails, that uh, no one who has taken a COVID vaccine of any kind, one dose or two, has died of COVID. Now, uh, some, unfortunately, have died of side effects, um, a very small amount of people, but no one has died of COVID when they have any kind of vaccine. And to me, that is extremely reassuring. Now, once again, how is that three months from now? If you only have one dose and you catch COVID three months from now, how does that work? Is it Does your vaccine protect you then? Because hey, we're thinking about sending our kid, our, our loudest one, which is the oldest one, we're, we're thinking about sending him to summer camp. Because before COVID shut down, he was having a really great time at his nursery school. And um, then COVID sh- shut it all down. And since then, he has seen no no people. No people. Just, just his father. He spends every day with his useless, useless father. Who's actually done a 41-minute podcast. Here, I thought I was going to be... Uh, thought I was going to be a short one. No, sir. Too long. Really? Ramble too long about COVID. So we... We were thinking about maybe because they just sent us an email today saying, do you want to do a summer camp? We can do a nine week summer camp. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Where he will actually enjoy his life. And I, well, I mean, I'll still have the other one. So it's not like it's some kind of vacation, but at least the other one naps from about 12 to 3. So, you know, I got to go pick, I'll have to pick up uh, Sam at, at 2, which means I'll leave at 1.30. So I'll get about an hour break, you know, <laughs> it's better than nothing. And then I'll be able to focus a little bit on the young one, because all he's doing is just chasing his brother around playing guns. I haven't taught him a fucking thing. And you can tell, because when Sam was, was two years old, when Sam was James's age, he could have full conversations. You can ask my friends in Newfoundland when, when I brought the little bastard home to Newfoundland for a visit. He was just talking to people like he was 30. It was remarkable. But it's probably because it was just me and him in my little apartment. And like I said, once I turn off this podcast recorder, uh, once I turn this off, I'll still be talking. You know, even if there's no one in the room. So when I had a small child in front of me, all I did was talk to him. So he probably uh, learned a lot of language, just not necessarily correct grammar or or uh, a good way of speaking. He probably has a probably a terrible accent, but boy, did he get a lot of one-on-one conversation, and I think it helped. Whereas the new one, he's not really getting that. He's getting just. Uh, just a smorgasbord of random activities from the brain of a four-year-old boy. And, uh, you know, we're just running around, playing bikes, shooting guns, wrestling, watching TV, 
it, it he's not getting that same one-on-one attention. So maybe it would be good for little James as well, even though I'm sure he'll miss his brother from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. But it'd be nice to do some actual toddler-related activities because if I tried to sit down and do the alphabet or read a Dr. Seuss book with the two-year-old, the four-year-old would just start kicking you in the face. And I don't mean that metaphorically. He will kick you in the face, get down on all fours, and donkey kick you in the face. And, and he wants you to be bad at him. He wants it to escalate because he's bored for one goddamn second. One goddamn second. So the point is, I might want to send this kid to school for, for everyone's benefit, but it's a bit tricky because I got the vaccine in, in what, late April, right? Or what? Yeah, late April I got the vaccine. So we'd be sending him from June to uh, the end of July. And uh, in fact, even I think even the first week of August. So that vaccine will be long in the tooth at that point. So I got this little rug rat interacting with a bunch of kids with their snot noses and shit. So they'll probably be picking up COVID. Now the question is, can your one dose of vaccine deal with COVID three and a half months from now? Can it? I don't know. This one's a fucking tough one, baby. I don't know what to do. We've been so careful. We've been so good. But at the same time, you do have to, like, the, the Canadian Pediatric Society, they're, like, they're begging schools to be open and shit because they're saying, like, you, there, there is something to be said for, for brain development as well. You can't, you can't just isolate children for, for an, a hu- an extended period of time and expect nothing to go wrong. They're, they're, they're seeing a lot of problems with with children and the way they're developing. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about the risk assessment. As you know from earlier in the podcast, the risk assessment. Now, I believe in being safe above all, yes. But this is still being, we both have our vaccines, me and Sarah. The children, I was talking to my doctor friends again, asking about what do you think about kids getting vaccine? And they said, like, nobody, basically, they don't expect anyone under 12 to be vaccinated anytime soon, if at all. So at some point, he's going to be going to school in September, at least, going to his new French school in September. So the only difference between now and then is that I'll have two doses of vaccine instead of one. So the question is, is that risk enough for you to finally let your child's brain develop a little fucking bit you know and i i think it might be i think this one is a calculated risk where the risk is small because the school is still a very good uh nursery school that's going to be taking nice precautions of course given the situation and we both have our first vaccine, which will be 92% effective, at least for a little while. And, and, and the child gets to meet another child. I'm not sure if, if he'll even know how to interact with people. Today he saw a couple of kids on the street that he used to play with at the park. And I said, do you remember those guys? 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember those guys. I said, do you want to go, you know, hang out with them? I was just testing it because I, I knew what his answer would be. I said, you want to go hang out with them? He was like, oh, no, maybe later, maybe when I'm older, maybe when COVID's over. And he wasn't saying because of COVID. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't saying he doesn't want to catch COVID so he, he'll play with them after when he feels safe. The reason he said it is because he just wants to kick the can down the road. You know, he he's not afraid of COVID. What he's afraid of is that interaction because it's been so long, he doesn't really remember. I'm sure the second he starts interacting with another kid, it's going to be fine. But you can just see right now even the hesitation of something that used to be no hesitation. So anyway, I don't know, man. Tough to say. Sure, the government will come out with a bunch of new information saying if you send your kid to nursery school, you'll all explode. Don't do it. The Pfizer explosion aneurysm is activated by your child's brain developing. Did you know that? Yeah, it's a side effect. It's a rare one, but it happens in 99 of 100 people. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's a pandemic. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. I, I went too long. It's 49 minutes. I'm not even really in the mood for my beer anymore. You know, I'm going to have it anyway. So that's it. I'll uh, I'll check in with you again soon. I don't know if I'll upload this tonight. Who cares? Why am I talking about that part? What do you guys need to know about my upload schedule? If you're listening to it, it's obviously been uploaded. And I want to say thanks to everybody for the positive feedback I didn't think anyone was listening to this goddamn thing. I still don't know why you do listen to this goddamn thing. But uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I, I appreciate uh, people saying nice things about me rambling in the back of my fucking car in the middle of the night. So that's it. Uh, the whole not swearing thing certainly didn't work tonight. I'm riled up, guys. Riled up. All right, uh, I'll see you again. It's I, the I Said Shut Up podcast, which is probably overthinking it with Mark Bennett. See how much better that is suited? Listen to all the shit I just did for the last 50 minutes. If that's not overthinking it with Mark Bennett, what is? But then I got to do a new logo and shit. Anyway, too lazy for that. So I said shut up. Good night.